How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock, with you here. And it is Wednesday, which means it is a winky Wednesday. So I'm joined by this guy. Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler. How you doing, buddy? Hey, I'm pretty excited, man. I mean, come on. This is the week. We're reporting to training camp, man. We're going to actually get some real news coming out of 49ers camp here in a couple of days, man. This is fantastic. The the actual news. The news news. Right. Right. Not the, well, maybe we could trade for this guy or that guy. (laughs) Or maybe this guy's going to lose his job because the new guys are coming. No, no, no. This is real stuff. Well, you know how this makes me feel. Hmm. Can't believe it. It's almost here. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Nice. Nice. Yeah. All right, so but for those of you who don't know, that's uh, that was Nick Winkler's voice. Uh, let's see. So where are we? Action 8 News, Nick Winkler. Yeah, um, what year? day, man. What year was that? Uh, let's see. No, it was uh, later than that. It was 2008, eight, 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 Okay. I think I left in 2010, and yeah. Okay, yeah, so it was later. Yeah, it was much later. Yeah, that was actually, that was on the eve of the Super Bowl. So that was, I was pretty excited. No, that was good. There was, uh, you're, you're on the golf course in, in one clip, you're... Um, yeah, talking about the Super Bowl. Yeah, if you're ever bored, just just uh, look up my YouTube page. It's a lot of fun. And you might so, be able to find my Wheel of Fortune and my <laughs> prices right somewhere. And they keep taking them down. I keep putting them up, and they keep taking them down. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You got to get yeah. that up there so I can see it and maybe get some more clips from that. Yeah, yeah. Every time I put it up, it, I tell you, it lasts for a day or two, and then it's gone. Wow, they're they're good on that. You have to hide it. You have to hide it so it doesn't have it, like maybe the right words in there that they can't yeah, find. Yeah, that's probably it. Right? it. Yeah, I need to take prices right out and Wheel of Fortune out or something. Yeah, exactly. But then who's going to watch it? <laughs> I will. There we go. As long as I know it's there. Um, yeah. yeah. So what are we doing? So, and for those of you who don't know what the Super Bowl is, if you've been a 49ers fan right. for only two years or three years, uh, that's where the two best teams play at the end of the season. Yeah, and you're probably not going to know again this year <laughs> if you only watch 49er games. <laughs> All right, so that is Nick Winkler. Follow him on Twitter at Bay Area Wink. Find me on Twitter at BD Peacock. Subscribe, iTunes, rate, review the show. Uh, thanks to all the people who have been rating and reviewing Locked On 49ers on iTunes. We're streaming on Audio Boom, available in all kinds of new places, including Spotify. Uh, email any questions or comments if you would like to be a sponsor to the show as well. Hit me up at LockedOn49ers at Gmail. You can find links to everything you need at LockedOn49ers.com. And guys, just so you know, I mean, ahead of Wednesdays, you could always shoot an email or a tweet or whatever if you want to get involved in the Cover 3 situation. Uh, you don't have to wait till I shout out that tweet on Tuesday to, to ask for questions. You, you can always just bring that stuff whenever you want, whether it's on Twitter or email or Facebook or whatever. Or his personal phone number, which is... Yes, exactly. <laughs> Come to my house. <laughs> Deliver it. Yeah, d- write me a letter of a question. I if you did, If you sent me a letter, I would read it. 100%, no matter what it said. But then they'd have your address. Yeah, well, that's part <laughs> of it. If you know what my address is, send me a letter. 
All right, you're getting something. All right, so what we got? Let's just get into this cover three stuff. We got a lot of questions. I think we're going to go over three today because we have so many good questions and not a lot of news items to talk about. Uh, most of the kind of quasi news items are going to be covered in these cover three questions anyway. So we might as well just get right into it, right? Yeah, and if you took time to to write a question on Twitter, or, you know, type out a whole email, we're, we're going to get to it. You know, Thank, we appreciate it. Yeah, we do appreciate it. We want to get to all the questions. So it, we, we picked three. Obviously, cover three makes sense with the new 49ers defensive scheme. But also, we're so long-winded when it comes to these questions. We, we answer three questions, and it's been a half an hour, and the podcast right. is over. So we'll, we'll try to get a little bit quicker through these, maybe. Tighten up. Tighten yeah. up. All right. I'm sure you have some. Well, let's start here because we had, you know, multiple people who are asking about Solomon Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian, Izzy, and Jason all on Twitter asked the question about the possible reasons Solomon Thomas is not signed, you know, and should we worry? And uh, Izzy just says, why? Uh, so uh, <laughs> the why, I can't answer. I, I don't know exactly what's going on there with that. I will say this is Solomon Thomas is represented by the agents that are working for the Creative Artists Agency. Uh, and mm-hmm. CAA is, you know, they rep a lot of people and they repped Joshua Garnett last year and Garnett signed on July 29th. And today is Wednesday, July 26th. And so it was just at the start of camp when Garnett signed. So maybe we'll see Solomon Thomas sign right on Thursday when, when rookies are re- supposed to report or maybe the day after or something like that. They're trying to get that last little bit of leverage for their contract or, or whatever it is. But if you want to be sort of alarmist about it and and very worried CAA also repped Joey Bosa last year. Yikes. And so his holdout lasted a lot longer. He didn't sign until I believe it was August 29th was basically the eve of the, of the regular season. And so, uh, and that hurt his development. And I mean, he's an amazing player. Love Joey Bosa, but you know, he didn't get to, to, he didn't get on the field right away because of that. So that's what you hope doesn't happen. The Garnett situation wasn't a big deal, but like Garnett, Solomon Thomas wasn't able to work out, with the team in minicamp and OTAs and stuff because of the whole stupid rule about the quarter system and his college wasn't done yet. Even though he wasn't in classes, he couldn't work out with the team. So that might set him back a little bit. And it probably set Joshua Garnett back a little bit last year. He didn't get a start until what week six or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right, man. I, and I wonder if it has anything to do with the fact that the 49ers after the big trade with the bears and everything came out and we're like, well, he was our guy at number two, but we got him at number three. So there, you know, his agency's like, well, we're looking for number, you know, number two overall money, not number three, you know? Yeah. And if you're drawing parallels, Joey Bosa, pick three yeah. defensive yeah. end. Uh, so same position, same draft slot. Yikes. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not worried. I'm no. not, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be worried until he's not there. So camp hasn't started, so it doesn't really matter. It's it's kind of a non-story right now to me. It, worth kind of looking at just because it hasn't happened yet, right? And he's the last right. 49ers draft pick to sign, but I expect it to happen. It doesn't really help anybody for it, you know, not to happen. And I think it'll happen. So we'll see. Yeah, I really think that it's going to be one of those eve of training camp or, you know, the day everybody reports because there's not really anything going on that day. Right. You know, it's just kind of like, hey, what's up, everybody? High fives all around. All right, we'll see you tomorrow with pads. You better be ready. I know some veterans like to miss the very beginning because that's when they do the crazy, like, beep test drill. And, you know, the the ones where people are just completely gassed. And so they're like, oh, yeah. especially with veterans, they're like, yeah, I'll hold out for two days. Well, yeah, it's like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, he's not going to be signing that tender yeah. <laughs> yeah. right away. That's for sure. And some players like Navarro Bowman, he doesn't need, a you know, you, you, you don't you want to have him have as you know, the, the least amount of contact as possible. And, right. and, and even maybe guys like Carlos Hyde. I mean, it sucks that there's a new scheme coming in, so they need to get their time. 
and I talked about this a little bit on the last mailbag. Is like it's like it's both. You, you don't want him to overdo it. You want them getting injured and, and getting a lot of contact in camp, but then you also need them to be ready to go and be into the scheme. So you have to give them enough work, but not too much work. Right. And, you know, pretty much every position right now is a battle, too. So you need to see guys out there going at 100 percent. There's nobody who's really like, uh, oh, I mean, probably besides Bowman and, and Joe Staley. I think those are the two guys. Everyone else is like, no, you better prove yourself, man. Get out there. You, you're not our guys. We didn't we didn't handpick you. And even if we did, you know, let's see if you can really run our scheme. Let's see if you're really the right guy for us, because we're just getting this thing started. We got six years. You know, if, if you want to be with us, prove it. And. Not only that is you need the veterans on the field so the young guys next to him know what it's like to play next to that guy. So right. it might benefit the other player more than, you know, so it might benefit Reuben Foster to have Navarro Bowman on the field so they can, you know, get that rapport and work together. And, you know, because these they need to be able to play week one when, when the bullets are flying. They need to know what it's like to play with each other and be ready to go. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. You got to build that trust, too, and know that, you know, if I if I do cheat a little bit to the left, I know where that guy on my right's going to be. Right. So thanks for the questions, guys. And yeah, don't worry quite yet. Yeah. Worry on Friday or next Monday or something like that. Then There you go. Yeah, then start freaking out. I'll be terrified on next Monday. <laughs> exactly. Let's go to Brandon. Uh, can Trent Brown be successful in this new scheme? Tough call. I mean, you know, everything you read coming in is he's not the perfect fit for it. But you're talking about a huge human being, you know, with, with – uh, he's got – a lot of skills. He, he's a big guy. He's fast. I mean, he doesn't have the best footwork in the world, but uh, I mean, you, you got to coach him up, right? I mean, you got this huge human being. Come on, make it work. Yeah. Ideally, you would want someone a little more athletic, probably. I don't know if they would have necessarily drafted him or, or he would have been a target for them. Right. But it's also found money for this regime. They have a starting right tackle who can pass protect pretty well. And you hope that he can slim down. You work on his weaknesses and try to bring them up and see what you got. And if you end up with a better player later, then then you worry about that then. But I don't think they have that right now. So he's going to have to fit, and then they'll they'll coach him up. What you know, what he can't do, they'll coach up the rest of that. That's that's the way I look at it. Yeah, and, and it's probably you know they came right in. They they knew what they had. They probably told them, like you said, you know, slim down a little bit. This is what we need from you. Work on your footwork. We you know you got to get better at the the run blocking. You know, practice this, practice that. You know, you got you got a month or two. Get ready. And uh, we'll see how how he it happens when he reports. You know, we'll see because he's not, you know, he's not guaranteed a spot. Nobody's really guaranteed a spot on this on this mm-hmm. roster. So if he can't come out and prove that, you know, he did all the things that they want him to work on, he's out. I, I think he can. You know, I think that he is a professional athlete. He's probably quite intelligent. You know, to be able to pick up playbooks, those those things aren't easy, man. And so, yeah, I, I think I think he could work out. Right. And speaking of earning a spot, there's a lot of talk recently about Carlos Hyde and. I think it was um, was it Rosenthal on NFL.com or in the, the around the NFL podcast said that he he's hearing that he could be cut, and I I, I I'm not buying that. I think there's a lot no of click, clickbait going on. I think a lot of people are sort of like taking one person's rumor then adding to it. It's like a game of telephone, right? Uh, <laughs> to go from Carlos Hyde being like cut versus all the other options that could happen before that is kind of crazy, especially since we haven't even seen him on the field yet. They haven't even had padded practices, which is where someone like Carlos Hyde would look much better than in shorts versus some of these young guys who are running four threes, but only weigh 185 pounds where Carlos Hyde is 230. He's going to look much better in pads, you know? So in, and a lot of installation stuff is happening in the spring. So they're not really competing quite yet. Um, If he gets beat out, 
in like a month from now, maybe they do dangle him in trade. But he has too much value around the league. You don't just cut Carlos Hyde right now. You can at least get something out of him. So being cut is just not even, to me, not an option. If he loses the job, I mean, that's... And like you said, nobody's guaranteed a job. So maybe he doesn't... Maybe he's not the starter, and they hold on to him. Maybe they listen to offers and trade. But to just get rid of a guy before you've even seen him play yet, and then you end up with you know three rookies and... In Hightower, uh, on your depth chart, I mean, that doesn't make sense. No, not with the way running backs are always getting hurt in this league. You you need a stable of guys, and, and they've got that right now. And, and you're exactly right. You know, Carlos Hyde, he's probably not the, the best-looking guy in shorts. But you put him in pads, and you you know, you know let him run somebody over out there, you're going to be really impressed with this guy. And I'm sure that they've looked at the film, and they know what they've got in Carlos Hyde. And, yeah, he's not the guy, sort of like Trent Brown, that they're going to go out and, and handpick, but they've got him. And he is a very talented running back. He's proven it when he can stay healthy. So, you know, why not just, you know, start this guy, even if maybe he's not, you know, the doesn't blow your socks off right away, you know, but he is your best running back. You know, okay, we're probably only going to have him for six or seven games, and then he's going to get hurt because that's his track record. But obviously we, we don't want that to happen, but there's, there's just no way they're going to cut this guy. They're going to at least get something for him if they don't want him around. And they're certain they're not going to cut him now. I mean, if he wasn't no. part of the plans at all, they would have done something with him a long time ago. They're not just all of a sudden it, right before camp go, oh, yeah, you know what? We're going to cut Carlos Hyde all of a sudden. That right. Make any that, sense. That's ridiculous. Um, and, and speaking of Hyde, so around the league, and look, that's one of the things I put out on Twitter today is like, dude, you need a lot of running backs. Running backs get hurt. You yeah. need two starters going into the season. You need three starters going into the season because that's what happens. And we've already seen one guy go down, the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah. Kenneth Dixon is out. And that was a question from... Let's see who had the question. That was Karam asks with Kenneth Dixon out in Baltimore. How about Hyde for Tim Williams late in training camp trade? First of all, just about the trade, you know, that's possible. I mean, Hyde could end up a lot of places. There's going to be more guys getting hurt. So maybe some more need around the league. Um, I think with Baltimore, they were probably planning on Dixon being gone. The first force, he was going to be suspended the first four games anyway. So they kind of knew he was going to be gone the first quarter of the season. So, they kind of have a plan in place. They have a starter that they can use without him. They have Woodhead there as well. So they don't have to do it, you know, make a trade. Maybe they'll make a call. Who knows? You know, the 49ers and the and the Ravens have a pretty good relationship. They've done a lot of deals recently. Um, and as far as Tim Williams goes, it's just that just hardly ever happens when you trade a rookie right after you draft him. And if it right. does happen, that's pretty much a, a monstrous red flag where you probably wouldn't want that player anyway. So, yeah, as for the, the trade, it would probably be a draft pick. Yeah, and when, you know, like you said, a lot of guys get hurt. Also, a lot of guys just get cut. And I, I we just said, you know, there's no way the 49ers are going to cut Carlos Hyde. But guys like that are going to get cut around the NFL. They're going to get beaten out. They're going to have huge contracts. And the team's just going to be like, you know what? Peace out, guy. And there's going to be some surprise cuts. So that, I, I would see Baltimore maybe laying low for a little bit and picking up a backup. Was it Terrence West that's going to be starting out there? Um, yeah, they, they wait for a guy to come along that, you know, all of a sudden, okay, now we've got a backup for, for you know, basically who is essentially our backup. And yeah, I don't, I don't see a trade going. And for that very reason, there's veterans out there that are still not signed. They could just sign a guy. D'Angelo right. Williams is out there. Uh, Richard uh, Robinson is out there. Uh, so there's, you know, there's some guys. It's uh, not Richard Robinson. He's on the 49ers already. <laughs> Richard Jennings. D'Angelo Williams uh, Rashad, still out there? Rashad Jennings. Yeah, Rashad Jennings is what I'm thinking of. And uh, yeah, D'Angelo Williams. So there's some names out there. Kind of like Kaepernick. I, I think Kaepernick might be playing it smart instead of just tying himself yeah. to a team with a backup deal for for less money or just even for the same money, wait and see what you got, you know, wait and see. Somebody's going to get hurt. A situation like Teddy Bridgewater when all of a sudden 
the Vikings were like, oh, crap, we don't have a starting quarterback anymore, you know? So right. that, that might help someone like Kaepernick. And as far as running backs go, that's why I don't think you spend high draft picks on running backs, period, anyways, because they get banged up so much, and you can find them, and you can draft them later. If if Hyde was to get cut, that's not something that would happen right now. I couldn't imagine. And they, they should be able to get something in trade, even if they did want to move on from him anyway. So, yeah, I, that's kind of a non-story. But that's what you get for the stories before camp because there's nothing to talk sure. about yet. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and in two days we're not going to be worrying about this stuff. All right. You got any questions you want to hit? Uh, no, I mean, I, right. I, I I'll just pull them up here. They, they were all good, man. Everyone I read, I'm like, ooh, that, that's solid. All I'll right. just keep running through them then. Uh, let's see. Ooh, here's one. I want to hear what you have to say here. Steve asks, who will start more games this year, Hoyer or Barkley? Yeah, see, I, when I saw that one, that was probably my favorite question because obviously the injury factor is really big. And I don't even know if that's the best question because I feel like if Hoyer starts a few games, you know, maybe he plays six or seven games in the 49ers or two and five or something at that time. You bring in Barkley. He doesn't look any better. Do you stay with Barkley or do you then go to Bethard? I mean, I think it would be yep. you've got to throw Bethard into that question, too. It's got to be all three of those guys. and. And, you know, just based on track record, Hoyer can't stay healthy. Barkley's really not that good. Maybe it's Beathard. That's exactly my answer, because if you if you are just saying Hoyer or Barkley, you got to say Hoyer, because once Hoyer's out of the equation, right, then it becomes Barkley and Beathard. So you still might, you know, let's say Hoyer plays six games, gets hurt. Barkley could play three or four games before you go to Beathard anyway, so. Okay, but there is a this scenario where he plays seven games. The 49ers are six and one. They have yeah. this amazing running attack, you know, and so you give it to the veteran who can manage a game in Barkley. I mean, you know, that's always a possibility, right? Hey, and I don't want to completely just toss out Bethard. I, uh, I, I, I thought he was overdrafted, and I think generally that's kind of what the, the, the feeling was around the league, or at least as far as draft nicks go and, and the way people evaluated C.J. Bethard. But – Remember when the Seahawks drafted Russell Wilson in the third round? Yeah. And they had just signed their stopgap starting Matt Flynn, baby. Matt Flynn. Yeah, they signed him to a deal. and A huge deal. Week one, they're like, nah, sorry, man. The rookie beat him out. The rookie's yeah. got the job. So uh, maybe Hoyer and Barkley start zero games. I mean, that's <laughs> it's be, possible. It's crazy. And if you would have yeah. said that in Seattle in 2012, you would have said they were crazy. And yeah. But it's possible. There's possibilities. There's a lot of possible outcomes here with this football team with the There's new regime in preseason too i mean yeah. you know Dak prescott last year yeah maybe Hoyer and barkley both get hurt maybe you have to bring kaepernick back yeah <laughs> just <laughs> start go. start this whole crazy process over again <laughs> oh man Fun. that'd be that'd be funny yeah right. so if you had to pick right now who, who would you say starts the most games out of those three guys oh definitely hoyer i mean hoyer has to either be bad or hurt or both or whatever he has to you know so something has to happen to get him out of there so right now the smart money's just definitely on Hoyer. Right. All right. Where are we at here? What is one position? Oh, Steve. Oh, all right, Steve. We're going to give you two questions. You slipped by me here. You, you <laughs> snuck that fastball by me. Uh, what is one position you would like the Niners to try and add some additional talent before the start of the season? For I, me, I think it's uh, probably wide receiver. Yeah. You know, it's. It, I feel like they, they obviously – brought in a bunch of guys drafted a guy and yeah but at the same time they don't have any size so if there's a guy out there that's got some size you know still has some ability i i would love to see them bring someone in like that also probably def- you know cornerback you just can't have enough cornerbacks out there you get some guys with some speed some length uh, other than that i feel like there's a lot of talent everywhere i think you're looking at teams like denver and atlanta 
and uh, Jacksonville, maybe, you know, players that this coaching staff knows sure. and that the, the management knows from other that like guys they believe in and they end up getting cut at the end of camp and like, oh, I, this guy's awesome. We got to bring him in. He's definitely better than so-and-so who's on our roster right now. Yeah. Or and, just, yeah, so-and-so's not picking up the scheme. Like we got to bring in this guy. He already knows it. I, I trust him. Yeah. Yeah. Or big injury where you're like, okay, this is too important to have a rookie fill in here. So let's get this veteran who just became available and plug right. him in and then, you know, have the other guy on the practice squad or have the other guy learn from behind him. Um, but as far as position, I think you nailed it. Wide receiver is the number one I would probably assume they'd be looking at because obviously they brought in KB Cannon and ended up cutting him. They gave him the most, I think the most money they gave anybody as an undrafted free agent and cut him so quickly. Maybe there was somebody out there, you know, a second or third choice at wide receiver that they would have liked to pick up. And maybe that guy doesn't make a roster and another team's trying to put him on the practice squad. They say, no, he's, he's good enough to be our sixth. Let's just bring him in. Uh, so yeah, wide receiver would probably be the most likely position, but it, it could, yeah, it could be any position that the back of the roster is going to be pretty fluid here. I think. Well, yeah. And the 49ers have so many slot receivers right now too. You know, it's, it's probably a case where one of those guys is kept. I can't imagine two or let alone three of them all making this team. And yeah, maybe you bring in a, a big possession receiver to go over the middle. Yeah. Some size that, that would probably be what I would be looking at for sure. Uh, let's see. We got some more here. Oh, Joey, can you see Tart playing a hybrid linebacker like Mark Barron and Dayon Buchanan? Better question. Why hasn't he played there? That was something I questioned last year. I thought we might see Tart playing some kind of role like that. But this year, I think just the regular strong safety position is already kind of like that. It's going to be a close to the line of scrimmage position, you know, like Cam Chancellor. I think that's pretty much yeah. what Tart, that's what you're hoping Tart could be is that big bodied, you know, linebacker slash safety that can run around and hit people, but also has the athleticism to cover a little bit. And so I think that's already what this strong safety is going to be in this scheme. So I don't think they need to really change anything as far as the hybrid linebacker stuff. Yeah, and I think that if they ever did do something like that, it'd have to be some, you know, rash of injuries that happen to that, you know, that that Leo position or, or some sort of weak side linebacker, and and you know, then you can move Tart down because he's talented and the guy can hit and he can cover guys coming out of the backfield. He can cover tight ends. I mean, Tart's got some skills. He's just he's a little buried right now on that depth chart. Yeah, you would have to put him behind because. They already have some athletic athletic linebackers. You have right. Malcolm Smith already and Foster playing the weak side, and you have uh, Ray Ray Armstrong if he makes the roster. So Tart would be playing behind those guys, and there would be not really any reason to to, to have him jump in and play because they kind of have that position. And I think in Robert Sala's schemes, listening to him talk about that position, that weak side linebacker, he wants athletes there anyway. So yeah, yeah. so maybe he says, you know what, screw it, let's just have Tart be the backup, the third backup at weak side linebacker then maybe I could see something like that. But uh, otherwise, as far as the scheme goes, I, I don't think it's necessary. I think it, it, was, it would have been more apt for that to happen before right. than it is this year, to me. Yeah. No, you're exactly right. I remember you talking about it, too, uh, with Tart last year. And, yeah, it, it, he seems like he could, you know, maybe someday eventually move into that sort of position, you know, if he loses a step or something. Because, you know, safety's got to have that, that burning speed. Um, but he he seems more of the the hard hitting type, and uh, yeah, I, I like where he, where his head's at with the question. But yeah, it would have to be a, a huge rash of injuries, and you know they even sign another safety or something for that for that sort of thing to happen. Talking about Tart on Tuesday's episode too, when I was looking at the DBs for the fifty three man roster, and Tart does need to show something because he's still that raw ball of clay. It's time mm-hmm. to play for him. I think it's time to see 
it's it's time to when we see him play be like okay that's the guy he is right and so if that's just whatever backup player then he might not be around long but if it's someone who's like okay we can let Eric Reed walk because Tart is legit and he took that next step so that, I'm looking for Tart to really take that next step and 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 then he could he he seems like he'd be a perfect fit for that role that um, the the Cam Chancellor role in this defense. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's a year away from it. You know, hopefully there's no injury that forces him into it right away. But, yeah, I'm with you. I think that he he's that strong guy, man, for sure. And, you know, he came from a small school, so maybe he took an extra season or something, you know, take it a little bit longer. Maybe this is the right scheme for him now, and it'll all come together. So just because he hasn't hit that ceiling yet doesn't mean he's not going to. But, you know, yeah. we'll see. Hopefully hopefully he gets there. All right, let's 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 do one more, yeah? Yeah, sure. Okay, Stefan, how much do you think the 2018 QB draft class will play a role in Cousins next year? Ooh, I'm not sure it'll play a role at all. I think that the 49ers, you know, they know what they've got right now. They they know what they've got in Cousins just because Shanahan's worked with them so much. And I, I feel like if they want Cousins, they're going to go get Cousins. I don't think it's going to matter who's available in the draft. Uh, obviously, Draft position plays a huge role in that too. So if you're picking in the top five, as opposed to, you know, you actually put together a decent season and you're picking 18th or 19th, you know, that, that might, you know, those, those top quarterback prospects are going to be off the board by the time it gets to you. But I, I really, I think that those two are, are almost separate things. You know, I feel like if they want cousins, they're going to go get cousins. And if, if, you know, they can, they want to spend all that money that they're going to, and they're, they're still probably going to draft a guy because cousins isn't exactly young. You know, so they're still going to, if they don't think Bethard's the right guy. I mean, if anything, I feel like the bigger question is Bethard's development going forward, uh, how that fares in with Cousins' pick next year as opposed to the, the 2018 class. No, that's a great answer. It's, it's going to be hard for us, especially if C.J. Bethard doesn't play a lot, to right. know how they feel about him. And so yeah, sure. they might really love him and we don't really understand that. And we're thinking, oh, man, they got to go trade up and draft this quarterback number one overall or whatever if they don't get Cousins. But I think you're right when it comes to Cousins. He's his own decision. So it's like, do we love Cousins? Let's pay him this amount of money. And that's done. And then, then if that doesn't happen now, you're like, OK, we're in the draft. But if they don't right. care that much about Cousins where they want to give him a ton of money, then you're probably not worried about bringing Cousins in anyway. So to me, Cousins is an all or nothing proposition. It's like he's worth every bit of money that they throw at him. Mm. And he's the guy or it's like, well, why worry about it? Let's just draft and develop and keep this thing going. You know, you no, not try to take any shortcuts because right, he's going to be 30 years old yeah. in, in week one in 2018 when he would be the 49ers quarterback. Potentially, he'll be 30. Yeah, that's that's not exactly a spring chicken. You yeah, know, and, and if you do go out and you spend a bunch of money on that guy, you're probably going to use that first round draft pick on a weapon for him. Yeah, and it's the fastest way to being good for sure. But you yeah. don't want the team to take a shortcut either and skip the draft and develop part of this whole thing. So they've already added 26 free agents, and if they're doing that again next year, you've seen that happen actually in Washington. If they're doing that again next year, they really screwed up this year. <laughs> right. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was this year was just more about, okay, we this roster's terrible. We need to be functional. Yeah. And then well, they after, just they, these are the guys we want for our scheme. You know, these right. are the guys who don't fit. Let's get rid of them. Let's bring in new guys. Mm-hmm. You're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. And with Cousins being 30 years old, that's still prime. That's prime for a quarterback. So that's sure. fine. He can play through whatever. They sign him to a five-year contract. He can play through age 35, 34, whatever. Like, no problem. That's not a that's not a big deal at all. So it, it just comes down to the questions about Cousins. Does Shanahan love Cousins? And do they want to give him what it's going to cost? They, he's going to be the highest-paid quarterback in the league when they sign him, if, if they do. And right. that will probably get beat every season by a new quarterback that keeps signing, you know, just because that's the way it goes. <laughs> every new quarterback that signs is going to be the highest paid. But right. 
they have to like him enough. They have to feel that strongly about him, and they have to really think he's that much better than Hoyer. Maybe Hoyer has a chance to, to do this for a couple of years. You know, maybe Hoyer's the guy until he's not. Um, and then, which is probably unlikely, you know, and same with right. CJ Beathard. It's, you don't always just draft just because Kyle Shanahan's like, I like this guy. Let's draft him in the mid rounds. That doesn't mean he's guaranteed to be the next cousins or better or become a superstar quarterback. You know, maybe he's just a backup. So yeah, again, a lot of outcomes the, the only thing that's for sure is that nobody's job is safe uh, basically yeah. at this point. Right. That's like kind of the only thing we know right now. This, that's what's fun about this. We think we know, and we say, we, we see the ball rolling and it seems like the team has some direction. I think there's maybe DeForest Buckner I'm pretty yeah. sure about, you know, and yeah. like after that, it's hard. Like Joe Staley, he's a veteran, but do you, do you hook your wagon to the, to him and towards the end of his career? Or do they say, oh, well, maybe we could trade Joe Staley and, and get younger there. Maybe they want to draft a, a, a tackle very high next year and, and, and just continue to, to turn the whole roster over. So even for people like Navarro Bowman and Joe Staley, I mean, you mentioned Carlos Hyde, like, Almost nobody's job is completely safe. I mean, this year, some like Joe Staley's the left tackle, period, you know, right, right now, this year. But maybe in 2018, they're, they're going to start to look at other positions. And, you know, it's, it's, it's moldable. It's going gonna, it's gonna to change and it's going to continue to uh, develop and it's going to become their team. And so that's – it's a lot of unknown, but it seems like they have a plan. It seems like it's going in a certain direction and that you can kind of see that direction they're trying to take. And, and I like the direction it's going. Yeah, you know, I've I've been a 49er fan since the late 80s, man, and I've been following them, you know, so closely for at least the last 20 years, you know, just just it, it's my team, you know, and I I live and breathe 49ers. And this is honestly the most excited I've ever been for training camp because of all the battles because everything is so unsure because every, every day everything you read is going to be like, "Oh, that's news. That's news. This is exciting. This is something I care about." Oh, and it's just how bad the team's been, and there's so much promise, and man, I'm just, I'm super pumped. Can't believe it. It's almost here. <laughs> Amen. I'm with you, man. I am with you 100%. Yeah. All right, let's let's uh, let's do it. Let's get out of here. Sounds good, buddy. All right, thanks, everybody, for all the questions. Keep those coming. I'll hit a mailbag segment every, every episode if I have to, and uh, I guess starting next week... I'll be doing it five days a week now. Ramp it back up to five days. We've got camp here. It's on. So why not? Let's do it. And tomorrow's show, the great Matt Barrows is going to be joining me for Thursday. And then we'll bring it back on um, on Monday. And we'll have hopefully some camp news. And, and, and we'll have some really um, solid stuff to talk about. You know, action. People on the field. Who's looking good? Who's out, who's out of shape? Who's in shape? Uh, who's hurt all of a sudden that we didn't know about? I, there's going to be some guys out there like, oh, this guy's physically unable to perform. You're like, what? He hasn't played football in six months. What happened? Right. <laughs> like, oh, he played basketball and like tore his, the toe off his foot. You're like, what? Yeah. Oh, ha- well, yeah, that happened in February, but now he's just barely having surgery. There's right. always those weird stories. Like, what the hell did happen with this guy? Yeah, totally. All right. Anyways, Twitter at BD Peacock. Find Nick at Bay Area Wink. Email LockedOn49ers at Gmail. iTunes, Spotify, we're everywhere. Find me. Thanks for listening. Nick Winkler, Brian Peacock, be back tomorrow with Matt Barrows on Locked Up 49ers. See you. Weird, weird exit there. I like it. Though. I kind of liked it. Yeah. yeah. I thought you were going to be like, out. Well, some. <laughs> Peace. Brian Peacock.